Tonight I'm going to kick things off with a word, or at least talking about a word. Faith. Not the, not the iconic George Michael, 1987, kitschy, classic faith. No, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, the concept of, of faith. We all have faith at some point. Faith in our fellow man. Faith in the Lord above. Um, we keep the faith. We lose the faith. We have faith in other people. We hear it all the time. You think that guy can do it? Oh, I got faith in him. He'll pull through. He'll pull through. You have faith that somebody will pull through when they're ill. You have faith that somebody will, will be able to accomplish a goal that seems unattainable because you believe you have faith, my friends. You also lose faith. Those are desperate times. I've done both. I mean, I have faith and, I, and I've lost faith, but I've always been able to somehow find a way to regain the faith. And that's not always an easy process either. We lose our way, and sometimes it takes someone else to help us find it, or it takes some sort of intervention to uh, seek it out again. Uh, a sign, if you will? I don't know. I don't know. How does faith tie into tonight's podcast? We'll have a little bit of faith, all right? And we'll explain it to you. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey, keeping in mind that faith is part of tonight's guest bottle. <laughs> Heaven's Door, Bob Dylan's whiskey. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door. Hansberry's so proud of himself yes. because this is the first whiskey he's actually contributed to the podcast. We've not tried it. We've not tasted it. We know nothing about it except that it's a Tennessee whiskey. This is the double barrel uh, Heaven's Door, which is 100 proof. And Hansberry, wow. while you are gloating and, uh -huh. and, 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 yeah. and, and basking in your contribution, why don't you share yeah. other pieces of business as well before we get to our very special guest today? Right. Finally, you know. Yes. Something that he hasn't tasted yet. We want you, we want our, you, our whiskey business fans and friends and fellow uh, whiskey lovers, to share whiskey business. If you know somebody who hasn't heard it yet, or you think uh, somebody would like uh, to hear an archived episode, has some faith that has they some will faith. like it. Uh, just share it, you know. Tweet it to somebody. Uh, send a text message. That's that's really word of mouth is really doing a, a lot of favors for us lately. It has been uh, the grassroots effort has been very very good. We mentioned that in the last couple of podcasts. It bears mentioning again because uh, you know that's the that's the best way to spread the word. That's right. Also, Facebook helps. We're on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yes, these these social medias that I hear so much about. Instagram. Uh, now, John Whitney is our uh, YouTube producer, yes. and uh, if you you can find uh, us at YouTube. Uh, or a whiskey business with Dino Tripodis, thank you. And uh, subscribe on that right there, and it'll populate every time. You'll get a you'll get an alert on your phone every time a new episode pops up. Oh, that's nice. It'll populate. I like that. Uh, It'll populate. <laughs> subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts, uh, but specifically on iTunes. Rate and review us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's very helpful too. It helps other people stumble across our nonsense. Uh, we also have a new Twitter feed, uh, Whiskey Biz. Show is that right? right? Whiskey biz, yeah, you should, yeah. Okay, I think, I think, yeah. yeah. You'll find it. You'll find it. <laughs> and it's whiskey business on Instagram. It's what? That's right. Uh, whiskey business uh, show or podcast. Whiskey, whiskey business it, podcast. 
Whiskey Business Podcast. Oh, on thank Instagram. you. Whiskey there Business you Podcast there you go. on Instagram. Thank you guys. A mystery solved. Uh, no wonder people can't find us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yes, if you can find your way to all of these things, that would be great. And there's so many little puns in there, if you will, that lead up to our guest. Uh, will we be on our best behavior tonight? Well, some say we should be because our guest is a fan of the podcast. He is a fan of the brown liquors, and he is also a Catholic priest. Father Nick Ventura. Is it Ventura or Ventura? Ventura. Ventura, I thought so. so. Father Nick, you actually sound like either you should be either a Catholic priest or a WWE wrestler. <laughs> I've heard that once or, once or twice. Other. Every time I have to spell my last name, yeah. I always have to say, ha-ha, no relation. No relation. <laughs> Dude, Father Nick Ventura is going to get in the ring, and he's going to rain down. <laughs> Lay down a smackdown. <laughs> I mean, you seem like a like a like a like you're pretty. Uh, well, I'm wearing a sweater right now, so you kind of hides a lot of my guy. sins. <laughs> so you could wrestle if you wanted to. I could. Yeah, I could. If I could do a lot of things, but I don't. Well, <laughs> we uh, appreciate you. You're young. Yes, I'm only thirty years old, and I'm going to make you feel old right now, Dino. Are you ready for this? Oh gosh, I'm. I said, gosh, uh, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, can I just get him out of the way right now? Yeah, I'm, sure. gonna, I'm probably going to slip and say, oh, God, and yeah. Jesus Christ at some point. So Listen, just, we can make it a prayer. Okay, We're doing spiritual uh, things, okay, so fine. you got a priest here. So just, so. Okay, good. So just, so just uh, you know, just mark him down and tell okay. me how many Hail Marys. After, All right, right, I'll keep a tally, and we'll take care of him. How many Hail Marys in our fathers after the, after the podcast is over with? Otherwise, I'm, I'll be very limited in what I speak. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, feel I was, old. I'll make you feel old. When I was three years old, my mom would have your show on in the mornings going in, so. So, uh, and I'm 30. So uh, do the math there. Yeah, that is the math. <laughs> and you listened to the, the show all those years growing up. Yep, just growing up. And, and, and became a priest. And became a priest. So there's always hope. You did something good. <laughs> you didn't spoil him. <laughs> I did not take the right path, but others have. <laughs> you never know how your words reach others. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I'm very curious because I, I knew before you got here that, that you were younger. Mm -hmm. And I've always been curious when it comes to uh, the priesthood, uh, especially with Catholic priests uh, or, or any, any priest for that matter, is it a calling? I mean, yeah. Yes. I mean, when someone asks me, why did you want to become a priest? And I say, do you want the two-second answer or the 20-minute answer? Well, I want somewhere between two and 20. Two and 20? Because I have a lot okay. of questions for you this evening. Basically, it is a calling. You know, people think, oh, your family must have been so holy, must have been... No, if you looked at my family life growing up, it wasn't, you know, your picture-perfect Catholic family. Yeah, we went to Mass on Sundays. Yes, we said our prayers at night. But... You know, I would say it's a very relatable family. We have our, you know, we have our bumps, we have our good times, we have our sad times, we have our stressful times, but, you know, it is a calling. You know, it's just paying attention to, you know, if we believe that God interacts with this world and, you know, interacts with us, it's listening to what he has to say. So I guess that's kind of like the summary. So how old were you when you first uh, got the first call? call. Yeah, uh, I mean, were there, were there... There were multiple... There were multiple calls? Like... I'm, the first one you hear, and maybe you're not really right. paying attention. And so I guess, I mean, I, I guess I can give my five-minute spiel. I sure. mean, I remember um, they actually trained us in seminary to have a five-minute, fifteen-minute, and an hour-long uh, story. So I'll give the five-minute one. <laughs> the long um, elevator. The long elevator <laughs> speech. Um, so I, I remember I was in first grade at uh, St. Mary's in Lancaster, and we had uh, a religious sister as our teacher, and she had story time. You know, favorite time of any first grader. And she stopped story time all of a sudden and said, you know, 
some of the young men in here are going to be priests and some of the young women in here are going to be religious sisters. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, that could be me. Then it stopped there. Then I thought, okay, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, just growing up, it kept coming back at different times and always thought, yeah, that's possible. I don't see anything contradictory in my own person doing that. But it wasn't until college where, you know, there were just some crossroad moments where I wasn't unhappy in college. I had a girlfriend. I had a car. I had, you know, a job. I was getting good grades at, I was uh, studying pre-med at Otterbein, but um, I, I went on a retreat and it just, something just hit me in the face where I was like, you know what? I am happy, but I could be happier. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't that what I was getting into was bad or leading me down the wrong path, but I just, just got this overwhelming sense. Yeah, you're doing fine. So the, the decision to become a priest wasn't like, uh, an answer to to troubles or woes that you were having. No, not at all. In fact, I kept on putting obstacles in the way of saying, so one of the primary obstacles that I put up was, hey, I'm, you know, I'm in debt already, you know, and today if you go to college nowadays, you got to, you basically got to take out a mortgage uh, to go to college. And so I said, I'm in debt already. And then, you know, when I brought up that protest, um, the vocations director, who is another priest, said, you don't got to. First of all, you're you'll still be in school, so they won't collect on your loans. Second of all, if they try to collect, we'll help you. Don't worry. Don't be concerned. Oh, I thought maybe there was some sort of unknown closet. If you become a priest, you become absolved of all your student debt. No, 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 no. In fact, like they that. they triple your loan because they know you're not spending on anything else. So, uh, no. When I always whenever I buy a car, I don't I don't wear my collar because they if I have to buy a car and I'm wearing my collar, they, they just see dollar signs. They don't see who does. Car dealerships a lot of times. Really, they except see the one except the except the one down at, near my parish. They treated me very well, but. Um, so this, I think the other I, way around. I, yeah, we, like you I would mean, us, use it to your the, advantage. The, those of yeah. us who do not wear the collar think that the collar is gold. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're going to ask see, if we could borrow one. They just see, oh, you can pay for it. Someone, someone rich will donate for you and you'll buy it. And then you, you think can buy that, something. I've never thought that in a, in a million years. That's fine. Years. You don't have to. But you're not the one selling me a car, are you? No, I'm not the one selling you a car. <laughs> but I am I am the heathen who sometimes wish I had a priest collar on to get me out of something. <laughs> uh, I, in fact, it doesn't even get you out of a ticket. I oh, had come my on. office. No. No. Come on. I was going 35 and a 25, and they said, You know how fast you're going? I was like, Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I was with a priest friend in the car, and we both had. Both had the collars on. Both had the collars on, and she kept on saying, I'm so sorry. The I don't mean. Uh, oh, and I'm so sorry to give you this. Um, and I said, well, if you're so sorry, go back to Mass. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, really? Is that what you said? Or did yeah, you I say, if, well, it's nice that you're sorry, but you're going to hell. <laughs> I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't no, say that. No, I didn't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, you know, I shouldn't say that. I just said that. One time, you know, wait for it, but yeah, well, you're going to hell. And the priest said it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> the telemarketer that just rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah. Don't get me started. Don't oh, get me started okay. on like the, the story there. That's, a, that's another <laughs> podcast, another story for another time. We are in the uh, Lenten season. Mm-hmm. Do you have to give up something for Lent as I well? I do. And do fact. you have to, or do you get? I, I've always wondered if you get a pass because you no. you gave up so much to be a Catholic priest. It seems like you wouldn't have to give up anything for Lent. No, I mean, all a I don't want to say all a priest is, but you know. 
we serve a role as, you know, shepherds, as being there for people, you know, they're, we're supposed to be able to lead them closer to Christ. And so that doesn't mean if a priest is to be a priest, just enjoy perks or privileges, that's a problem. And, you know, that's not a good problem. And so, you know, yeah, I do give up things. For example, I, I don't mind sharing. I gave up drinking by myself. So doing this is a great opportunity. I can enjoy. He wants to come you back tomorrow. You left yourself <laughs> a loophole. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't know. There's nothing wrong with drinking. But I said, you know what? I can give up, you know, after a long day saying I would like to make myself a drink. It's funny because I gave up buying liquor. Yeah, you because I have like a whole shelf of liquor, and I don't need to buy yeah. fifty dollar bottle of liquor every time I go to the store. I have right, enough. Right, right. So yeah. I gave up buying. I sure as hell so drink gave it. up drinking alone. Alone, correct. Which brings up an interesting point mm-hmm. because, and this is just a, a, a statistic that 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 I came across. There's there is a lot of alcoholism. Yes, in, in priesthood. In the priesthood. Yes, there is. And why do you think that is? Um, a lot, just like why there might be a lot of alcoholism in high stress jobs, you know, not a lot of guys know themselves mm-hmm. um, and don't seek help when they need it, and they try to self medicate. You know, no one else can understand me or stuff like that. And I find that interesting because, as a priest, yeah, if you were counseling somebody, yeah, you wouldn't tell them to go have a drink. Right. You would tell them to, to seek answers elsewhere, to seek it in prayer, to think in meditation, in in in, in to yourself. You right. wouldn't say, like, you know what you need? You need you, a drink. You need, yeah. you need a bottle of whiskey, and it works for me. So, yeah. you know, you wouldn't, you, with would, somebody. you wouldn't say that. So, so don't, where do you go? Well, other you know, than the bottle. Other priests, um, a counselor, you know, you're just seeking. I mean, the thing. One of my goals as a priest is also showing people that priests are human. You know, we are human beings that, just like anyone else, who have just heard a call and are trying to respond to it. Um, and one, just like any counselor, if you look at the profession of any like kind of counseling profession, mm-hmm. they are, or even a doctor, they don't take their own advice. They... They need objectivity. They don't have yeah. any. No, because psychiatrists it's all... have to go to a different psychiatrist. Yeah, to like, get. I can't hear my own confession. I go to another priest when I need to go to confession. So, um, it's. I mean, it's. It's it's a complicated. I mean, the human person is complicated. We're not. None of us are black and white. All of us have a bit of gray in us. So you know that you know, and I and I figured that it's refreshing that you said that. You know, I have to go to another priest when I go to confession. Mm-hmm. So you feel the need to go to confession from time to time? Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, I, I openly admit, at least every two weeks. Every two weeks? Yeah. I can't tell you the last time I went to confession. Well, we can fix that after the podcast <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Listen, have collar, we'll travel. <laughs> but, so every two weeks you feel you, you, you do something that is, that is worthy of confessing? Well, I mean... And I know, I know these are probably small things. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter how small, it just... There, so what we believe about the sacramental life, you know, that there is real grace there. I am expected to handle, you know, the highest things that the human being can sure. experience. So, you know, no one is can ever make themselves worthy. You know, God alone makes us worthy. You know, it's God's work that makes us worthy to do any of this. So, you know, the more I can allow God to work in my life, the more he accomplishes his work, and it's not me thinking, oh, this is Nick Ventura making mm. a point. Right. It's, I'm an instrument, 
you know, it's still my personality myself. And do you feel the need to go, or do you think it's something that you have to do? Um, you know, and, and, and that's a good distinction. I, I like that question. I would say it's a combination of both, because there's some things that I struggle with in my own life that I'm like, hey, I need God's grace in this area to improve. You know, maybe I'm a little too short-tempered, or I focus inward too much, and would like something. I'm not. I'm not going to go to confession to you, Dino. Sorry, um, but it's. You could. I, I could. wouldn't be the first. I wouldn't be the first, but this is also a public forum. So, I have. I have played the role of the confessor. Yes. I, I have listened to a lot of sins over the course of, of my yeah. life from a lot of friends yeah. and family that have troubled me. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. But but they've always felt like I was the one that they could come to. And it's that says something. It, well, and I think you hit on something that I think of you brought up like the alcoholism and the confession. Mm. Like I I think of uh priests are bearing this weight of people who confess to them, and although they're not your worries, mm. some sometimes I imagine that could be heavy. It can be. Um, you know, I often I joke, I say humor's a lot of way where I can sure. talk about oh, yeah. serious things. Is um by my first Lent as a priest, I heard Everything. Everything. You name it, I've heard it. Now, that we have this thing in the church, the seal of confession, where, you know, the person isn't, you know, it's not me who's judging them. It's me who's a conduit of mercy trying sure. to get that person healing. You know, so like the qu most popular question I get is, what if someone confesses murder to you, Father? What do you do? And they say they haven't turned themselves in. I say, well, it's not my my job in that moment. If I believe there's a God who's in charge, uh -huh. my job in that moment isn't to be judge. My job in that moment is to accompany the sinner to healing. Now, I might say, hey, <laughs> have you turned yourself in? Will you consider that? In, in the light of true justice, this is something you should think about. Mm -hmm. But what the church believes about forgiveness, we do nothing to earn forgiveness. I gotcha. So that when someone comes to confession, it's not a point, that's not a point where we're supposed to slap them. It's a point where we say, all right, you're wounded, let's get you healed. Here's the path to healing. And then healing for the church. What do you do when you get some hard cases? What do you do when you get somebody who's seeking God's grace and can't seem to find it? And even after they see you, mm -hmm. they you know they feel good about it. Mm -hmm. They attempt to open themselves up to mm -hmm. find God's grace, as you say, and it, they come up empty. Um, are they not looking in the right place? Are they not? Are they not, Are they doing something wrong? I d I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't know all the answers to that regard, but but sometimes. These things happen on their own path, um, and I'm the best comparison I heard from an old priest is that we're just caretakers. Mm -hmm. uh, the gardener doesn't make the seed grow; they just tend the garden and try their best to make the environment. They the water conducive. it. They, they water fertilize it. it. They do what they can, but ultimately, if it's if it doesn't grow, if it's, it doesn't grow. That's it. Doesn't mean that person's abandoned. It just no. may not mean at that time. So, like, if I deal with someone who's struggling with addiction, I say, listen, you're going to struggle with this. Addiction is something outside of your control in as far as it's an addiction. You can take steps, but if you fall, it doesn't mean give up. It means get back up. Keep going. Don't give up. Hmm. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. It comes back to that, to that word I started the podcast with. Faith. faith. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You got to have some some faith yeah as you take a sip of the heaven's door first of all tell me what you think of it i it's really interesting it has 
Uh, so I'm drinking it with ice, so it's opening up more flavors right, as it, it goes. Is, it is, it is. And I'm getting more of a honey flavor now. When I first sipped it, when we poured it, I got a heavy molasses. Mm-hmm. Now thicker. it's like a, now it's more like a honey kind of aftertaste. Toasted on the sides. in New American oak, combination of three whiskeys, but I can't, don't know what they are. They no. won't say what they are. Mm. Uh, it is from Mr. Bob Dylan, who is currently. Uh, they're they're building a distillery in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So it's uh, he's got the the Tennessee whiskey, and this is the the the, the double. What is it? The double barrel. The double Burberry. barrel. Yeah, and, and also the the bottle is is rather attractive yeah, too. Yeah. So that design is supposed to be. I guess Bob Dylan, among all his many trades, he's a metal worker now. Uh-huh. So that works. And I, iron, I, I yeah. think the distillery is being built in uh, an old ironworks. Very cool. In, in so Tennessee, one of his designs. So. Um, yeah. It's a really good whiskey. I mean, I'm just getting all sorts I, of I'm notes. not sure yet. I have not made a final determination <laughs> well, as to okay. whether or not... I took some liberties. I wrote, it reminds me of a, of a Bob Dylan song. It's tough to swallow at first, but it grows on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, on that same page, if you will, mm-hmm. it sounds like the opening of a joke joke. Three Catholic priests go on the whiskey trail. Yes, you, you just did that. Yes, I did. You, you and two of your your uh, Catholic Catholic so the priest past, pals. Yeah, the pa- uh, the pastor and the uh, other guy that's kind of the same level as I am in terms of management and stuff like that. So the pastor said, "Hey, we may have to manage six parishes. We're taking you, some time before Lent begins." You took and you went off to the Bourbon Trail. Yes, we did. And you hit how many? Nine distilleries. Nine distilleries in how many days? Four days. Four days. Yeah. Wow. Do you want me to list them off? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we the first stop was Buffalo Trace, uh-huh. then Wild Turkey, Woodford Reserve, Maker's Mark, Jim Beam, um, uh, Old Forester, Bullet, Evan Williams, and Angel's Envy. Wow. Wow, bravo. Well so I just done. went through the itinerary. Sure. Well, that's across the state, yeah. That's, man. That's right, yeah. Did you meet any of the stillers? Did you get to meet Mr. Russell? Yeah, we got to eat Eddie Russell. I actually have a picture on my phone yeah. of uh, Eddie Russell. It's, nice uh, man. He's a he's a great guy, nice and man. Um, so it was really really cool to see all the just to see it. I mean, after a while, you, you hear the same thing over and over again, but it was just it was really neat seeing the all the different bourbons and stuff. And like did that. you see any distinct differences in in, in the, each distillery on how they do things? Yeah. Um, not necessarily in the process, but maybe in their finishing, mm-hmm. you know, in, in their mash bill and, you know, how they they have their own distinct way of wanting to bottle it. But they each have this. They're going to they're going to grind corn. They're going right. to grind rye. They're mm-hmm. going to grind whatever that third part, whatever they decide that third part is, either uh, wheat or malt. And then they're going to boil it and then they're going to put some yeast in it. So, I mean, it was after a while we could start reciting the process by memory. But and were the other two priests whiskey lovers as well? Mm-hmm. When did you have your first drink of whiskey, if you don't mind me asking? Um, well, I come from an Italian family, so yeah. my grandfather's um, policy, he lived in, my dad, it was my uh, um, paternal, gra- paternal grandfather. Um, his policy is whenever we arrive in Cleveland, he would uh, get some Maker's Mark and pour a bunch of shots, and even the underage ones, it would be, it'd be a smaller shot. Smaller shot, but still, it's it good be for the shot. kid. It'll help yeah. him grow. Yep, and that was that was the thought. And you didn't um, get a lot of whiskey when you were a kid, did you, Hansberry? Wine, <laughs> or wine. Bud Light. Uh, 
Whitney, on the other hand, must have been drinking it all his life. He was because he's a giant. Uh, you can't see yeah, him on the camera. He just keeps growing. Yeah, he's like what are you six seven? Go seven feet. <laughs> well, yeah. But so. yeah, so you had a whiskey. Had it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Had it as a kid. I mean, it wasn't like it was being shoved down the throats. But my parents didn't really have a a a puritanical view on on alcohol. Like they wouldn't like say, oh yeah, go ahead and drink to whatever you want. But if we said, hey, we'd like to try that, they'd say, all right, fine, we'll we'll get some, and right. you can try it, and then that. And I, I always thought that was a better approach rather than trying to hide it, because then we felt comfortable. It it took away the appeal of being rebellious. It seems like, it, especially in ethnic families, yeah. Italians and Greeks and so forth, uh, the the stigma of mm. it being this forbidden fruit. Yeah, it, it, it's no longer forbidden fruit, and I go, oh, it's just whiskey. Yeah, I had that when. Exactly. I was, you know, my grandfather used to pour me a little bit when I was fifteen. Yeah. And you know. And you just drink and, it, and, and you become even keeled about it, as opposed to like one of these days I'm going to get in that cabinet, yeah. and I'm going to drink all the whiskey. Yeah. As soon as they're gone, you know. Yeah. You know. I remember one one of my friends stayed over one night and was like, "Hey, let's let's get your dad's liquor cabinet." I was like, "Okay, let me ask him." And I was like, "What? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't want to ask him." You're like, ruining it. And I was like, "No, seriously." And I said, "Hey, Dad, can we try some?" And he looked at his friend and was like, I don't know if your parents are allowed, but you can have some, but I don't know if your friend is allowed. So yeah, I yeah. want to respect his parents. Right. And uh-huh. We didn't end up drinking it, but that took away the, the sneaking appeal. Did you ever get drunk? Um, as a kid, no. no. My parents wouldn't... I mean, they they controlled that pretty... In college? In, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> after 21, yes, I've been drunk plenty of times. Don't lie to me, father. I've not been... After I, 21 or before 21? After 21. After twenty one, after t- I I will I will put my hand on a Bible. You got it here. Uh, if one, if not, a lot I got one of my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. There are literally thousands of books in this house. I'm not sure if the Bible's one of them. Well, we can change that. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I mean, I had I've had drinks, but I was never. Dr- I might have felt good, but I like a buzz, but never yeah, blackout. A blackout drunk. You never you never actually made it a point to get blackout. Correct. Is I mean, college, Christian you're school? 21. It's it's a Methodist private school. What is Otterbein? Otterbein. But when I was there, it was technically a dry campus. Yes, it right. was I, back then. I, 2007, 2008. Now it's more moist. Yeah, a bit, a bit <laughs> more moist. What'd you study? Uh, pre med. Pre med. So, that's right. Biology. You said you're going to be a doctor. Yep. So Ever, any regrets about not becoming a doctor? None. Actually, I love being a priest. Um, it's. I mean, I, I love the sci- I love the science aspect of it, and I still keep up with some science journals and and you know biology that it fascinates me. But I'm I have no regrets about the choice to say I'm going to be a priest. I like the fact that you that you drink, and and, and, and I I'll, do too. And I'll, I'll explain <laughs> why because you know and, and there's a there's a certain. We 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 deal uh, John Whitney and I and, and Hansberry as well. We we deal in 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 the mediums of radio and mm-hmm. television and film. And there's always that romanticized version of the Catholic priest, the 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 hardcore Catholic priest who mm-hmm. who drank and smoked whiskey. You know? Yeah. And, and granted, I'm I, I'm I'm referring to, to I I just saw the quiet like power or the power and the glory. Yeah, or the power. Or yeah. And something I'm, I'm like referring that. to some older movies where yeah. where, where that where that's stereotype exists mm-hmm. but but yeah i mean it's a uh, it's all things in moderation you know it? it's 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 approaching it in moderation um there's some things you can't approach in moderation because it's just there's Do you no... ever get judged for drinking by other priests some priests that not priests other that, the other priests that do not drink and think that it's wrong 
Mm, none that are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer. Um, but I haven't been judged by. I've been judged by people. I by was, your parish, by your people. That, that I was one time. I was out to dinner with another priest friend. I was. Uh, we were at a place that had beers on tap, and we each had a, a beer or two with dinner. And they came up to our table and was like, "You know what." We, we really need our priest to support us. And we were both like, hey, yeah, that's a great point. We do. And Sit down. Have a beer. Yeah, have a beer. And he's like, no, we need you guys not to drink. And we both looked at him and go, sir, we're... Because it's not against the religion. No. no I mean, in not. fact, yeah. what, did, uh, what did Jesus turn water into? Wine, wine. baby. Yeah. yeah. And over 600 gallons of wine. So, <laughs> and, he always, and he saved the good stuff for last. That's yeah. what always got me. Yeah. So why, it wasn't... Why is that important? Well, because it was higher, uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, higher proof. It was the stuff that got you really drunk. <laughs> that way, Jesus. Can I tell you a story? Sure. And it's please. probably the story that'll, that that is probably the one comment that I've made in respects to religion that that will not get me into heaven and, and might, you know, give me points towards hell. Um, There's always hope. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. At one point, the Greek Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church, we were all together. We yep. were one happy, one happy family. Mm -hmm. Then we both went our different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm baptized Greek Orthodox. Mm -hmm. um, I figured with a name last name like yeah, yours. Tripodis, right. <laughs> baptized Greek Orthodox. Well, my mother loves to go to church. Mm -hmm. You know, and always asks me, right, "Have you gone to church? Are you mm -hmm. going to church?" And I say, "I tell her the truth. No, I do not." When she comes to visit. Mm -hmm. No saying the matter. And she came to visit uh, during the Easter holidays mm -hmm. and uh, insisted that we go to church on Good Friday. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how long the Catholic Mass is on mm -hmm. Good Friday, but the Greek Greeks. Mass. So is, the East. So this is beautiful. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt it, your story. Well, it's, yeah. is, 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 is exceedingly long. long. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and we went right from the beginning and we stayed to the end. When I left the church, mm -hmm. I was with my mother, and she was talking to some other Greek people that she knew, and a gentleman came up to me mm -hmm. and said, it was so nice to see you in church. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you. Yeah, I was here, I was here with my mother. I said, but I said, man, it was, it was long. Mm -hmm. he, goes, he, goes, he goes, well, yes, it, it, it's, it, it can be long, but it's, it's important. And I go, yeah. He goes, so what are, you, what are you going to do now? And I said, honestly, that was, that was so long. I'm thinking of going around the corner and getting a cocktail. Were you at the Greek Orthodox Cathedral yeah, yeah, here in yeah, town? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said to me, stone-faced, our Lord was crucified this evening. And I replied, without missing a beat, yeah, I'm still kind of broken up about it. That's why I'm going to go have a cocktail. <laughs> well, you know. That one comment alone, I well, think, is the one that's going to send me to hell. No, well, here's the thing. Time and time again, our Lord loved authenticity. Like, he told Philip in the Gospels, there is no duplicity in this man, and it's a good thing. So if you're authentic, that is a move in the positive direction. I, I, I'm 100% into that. You know, like, uh, some, of, some of the <laughs> funniest people I I, I've ever met growing up yeah. were, uh, like, See, Mom, priests had good sense of, of humor. Yeah. Do, you would know this. There's this old Bob and Tom sketch where it was Harry Carey doing the very first baseball game ever. But he was doing it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I think I do, yeah. But he was doing it, like, with all, like, uh, with, Jesus with, and with all the apostles, apostles on the mound. Yeah. And, and uh, Satan yeah, throws it. up, or uh, right. he, he goes to the pitch, pitcher's mound, and he's got a hefty ERA of 666. Six, six. <laughs> anyway, 
that's one of the first things I remember growing up was my parents playing that for me and just laugh. My parents, my mom thought that was the funniest thing. So I think, uh, I think humor has an important role in any religion, yeah. but specifically the Catholics. I mean, where where we get ourselves in a lot of trouble is when we start judging people. I mean, we can. Ju- so here's a story for you. One one New Year's Eve, I had a free evening. I didn't have mass that evening, so because it's a solemnity the next day. So, but the the priest I was with had the mass, so I didn't have anything to do. So I went to a concert I had tickets for out at um, oh the old LC. I, I can't remember what it's yeah, called now. Uh, it keeps changing names. It, it keeps uh, in our bar. It was at in our bar for sure. And um, met one of my high school friends there on on accident. We weren't planning on, but I just saw her there, and so I started hanging out with her friends. And the guy there started. One of her guy friends started talking to me, and eventually the question comes up: Hey what do you do for a living? <laughs> I wanted to say um, I'm independently wealthy and I'm retired. That would have know. been a lie. It would have been a lie, but it would have avoided this next thing that I didn't want to deal with. I said, well, I'm a Catholic priest. All of a sudden, he starts justifying his life. I don't do this. I went to Catholic school. I, and, and eventually, yeah, I had to stop him. Why do people do that? Yeah, I don't know. I said, dude, I don't care. I mean, I do, but... Let's just you, be people tonight. Yeah, let's just be people. But I was like, is it making you happy? And he didn't really answer the question because if it is, great. God bless you. But now if you're telling me because you're sensing something isn't right, right, or you're asking me, will this make me happy? Okay, now we have a conversation. But <laughs> I'm not here to judge you, dude. Drink your beer. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a pot smoker uh, just coming in after... after uh, uh, smoking up a, a, a spleef outside, <laughs> yeah. and he meets the buddy that's, that he's been hanging out with all night, and, and he goes, so I forgot to ask you, man, what do you do for a living? I'm a cop. I don't smoke pot. <laughs> I don't smoke pot. I don't smoke pot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so often, so it's, I mean, yeah. it's not judging, but also being authentic. I prefer someone, if I ask them, like, hey, do you believe in Christ? They say, no, I don't. I prefer that. Because then that's an authentic... I can work with a person. I can't work with a fabrication. A fabrication... That's true for anything, well I feel yeah. like. Well yeah. said. Well said. Well said. I forgot to ask you, when you were on the, uh, the Bourbon Trail, mm-hmm. were you guys in collars or not? No. Ah, we plain clothes. To... Yeah, plain clothes. Cl- civil- civvies. Did anybody find out you guys were priests? Yeah. Whenever... We were not shy about it, but we just didn't walk around in clerics. Uh-huh. So... Um, you know, people is, that, are, is that what they say? Yeah, in these, clerics, are, these, these are clerics. You're in, you're in clerics. Yep. When, you, when you were in the collar, collar, you're in clerics. In clerics. So. And, and you wore it tonight. Yep, I wore it tonight because I had some work to do. I was actually before I, I was on St. Gabriel Radio <laughs> is doing uh-huh. their spirit yeah. drive, so I had right, to do right. things there. Nice. So um, I, I don't maybe like you wore it tonight just to remind me from time to time. Oh, no. I, you're talking to a priest. If, <laughs> if I had it my way, I would have been in no, shorts and T-shirt. I, you know, the fact that we're on the, on the YouTube video, yeah. I think it has a little authenticity. It's nice. To it. That's a nice yeah. touch. I, I would wear mine if I had one. I'm going to screenshot the hell out of this. <laughs> oh, just don't misquote me, please. No, no, no. Look, Mom. Uh, well, <sighs> this counts as mass. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Let me go on record. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, we're having some fun. We're having some some laughs, and I'm and I'm glad because uh, I would be remiss mm-hmm. in this podcast if if I did not get into this next section of things that I want to talk about. And I know it'll be a difficult one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they there are about seventy million Americans 
who are Catholics mm-hmm. in, in this country. Mm-hmm. And over the last two decades, a lot of them have left the church uh, mm-hmm. because of uh, the difficulties that the Catholic Church the sex has, abuse uh, the sex abuse scandals in the last couple of decades. We've mm-hmm. had, uh, you know, uh, movies mm-hmm. about them here recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it seems to be, and the movie was called Spotlight, and it yep. seems like uh, it was the it, abuse scandal is in the spotlight even yeah. more so now than it was Back then. Back then with that, when that movie took place. The Pope comes out and he says he vows to tackle the situation. He says mm-hmm. that, uh, that, 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 that priests should be guided by the holy fear of God. And some mm-hmm. people say that the Pope uh, kind of softballed that one mm-hmm. in, in, in the process. And we talked about privately uh, mm-hmm. the fact that uh, uh, there's been some misquoting as, mm-hmm. as well in, re- in respects to the issue. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to... Uh, uh, I'm not going to go on the attack here or, mm-hmm. or the offensive no. and say, but how frustrating is it for you to be a Catholic priest and to and to, to do what you do and deal with with what's going on around you when you are not part of that subculture? So the first thing to say is there have been some horrible things done by people who say they follow Christ. And that is unexcusable. And what I've told my parishioners from the pulpit, what I've said time and time again, put it out in the spotlight, bring it out to the light, and get them out. Um, clean house. I am unafraid of that. You know, if it means that, that I have to go around in rags, so be it. It's, you know, we need to do what we need to do. Are you disappointed? I am very disappointed. I mean... Disillusioned, disappointed. I don't know what the right word is. So the phrase that always comes to mind whenever I think about it, pray about it, is the church is not a, is not a sanctuary for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. So for me to be surprised that sin happens in the church, I'd be naive. I mean, we're all... It's, the human condition is a fallen one. And so I'm not saying that... I expected this to happen, or I wanted this to happen. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, they said, I mean, there's a great quote. Um, When Napoleon Bonaparte was conquering Europe, he went, he captured a cardinal and says, all your priests that are under you have renounced the faith. Why won't you? You know, I'm going to destroy the church. And I can't remember the cardinal's name right now, but he had he turned to Napoleon Bonaparte and said, "The clergy have tried to destroy the church for the last fifteen hundred years, <laughs> and we have failed still. So good luck." I was talking to a Catholic friend of mine, and mm-hmm. when I I brought up the fact that you were coming on the podcast and that we were going to broach mm-hmm. this topic, um, they immediately got defensive mm-hmm. and said, and I quote. There's sexual abuse in other religions too, in other church. And I go, okay, but that doesn't matter. Well, yeah. well, you know, well, you know. I said they go, why are they focusing on the Catholic Church? And I don't mean to put this in generic terms, mm-hmm. but the Catholic Church is. <laughs> and I said, I, guess, I yeah. apologize for putting it in generic. You're, you're, you're. It's huge. Yeah, you're, it's you're one of the largest religions in, in the, world. the world. Yeah, you're, you're kind of. I said in generic terms, you're the you're McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you're it's, McDonald's. You're Coke of yeah. of of religion. You're yeah. huge. You're everywhere. And if McDonald's 
has an issue with their hamburgers mm-hmm. that the meat is bad mm-hmm. and and people knew it was bad mm-hmm. y- you kind of have a hard time working for McDonald's yeah and i think where they're coming from on that is they're saying well the so it's the statistics show it's less than 1% of all priests are guilty of this sort of, of thing of the, of the abuse of the abuse um so what they're trying to say is like hey listen it's the bad apples that are getting the spotlight and you know if you look so um the so the the head of a seminary the guy who's in charge of you know the seminarians the guy who are studying guys who are studying to be priests is called a rector and that's like the position mm-hmm. it is the rector of my seminary when i was it was about 2010 or 2011 did you go here in, uh, uh the josephinum yeah Columbus? i went to the josephinum yeah. um uh, his name was Father Wayner, and he, he had said, listen, you know, somebody said, oh, you know, I, I will never trust a priest like you because other priests have, you know, done this thing. And he said, well, I then asked the person, are you a brother? Yes. Are you an uncle? Yes. Are you a husband? Yes. Are you a father? Yes. You are 98% more likely to abuse a child than I am. Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, I think that's where they're coming from is like the likelihood of a priest. But to your point, because we are in a position of that thing for us to even have the possibility of that happening, it, it, you don't even, it's even, heinous. 1% mm-hmm. is too yeah, much. It's too much for this. 1% is like, too much. And like all I'm saying there is I can see where they're coming from saying, well, wait a minute. Other places need to be cleaned out too. Why are they just yelling at us? That's a non nonsense defense point. I see where they're coming from, right, but that's, it, it doesn't go. It doesn't fly in in discourse. You go ahead, Hansberry. Well, because I like how you phrase it. Is it frustrating? Because as a because yeah. I'm a Catholic, as a fr- and, and I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, and um, here in Columbus, uh, in, in Indianapolis. Okay. Oh, then oh, it, 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 it so doesn't say, count. Go, go okay. it doesn't, I don't Crusaders. Know how to you, but it doesn't it count. It doesn't count in Indianapolis. <laughs> well, so and, and my mom works at the church, so we like we would have priests over at the house all the time, and like we have family friends priests that would be like, "Oh, let me take Greg out yeah. to, to dinner." I would not be caught dead. <laughs> Well, right, but this is this was twenty years ago. Yeah, and at the time it was very. You're talking about like movies. This was very. It was a Bing Crosby who was mm-hmm. the priest that sang and danced. It was very that. Yes, Greg. All all Catholic priests sing, sing and, and dance. dance. But like, uh, <laughs> I have a story about that. Well, I guess my point is, it's it's less about that, but the fact that it was because he was trying to be a positive exp- mm. uh, uh, influence. influence on me in the faith and mm. just as a, a male figure. Yeah. And uh, and we had a, a, one of our, our priests at high school was the, the Colts chaplain, and we yeah. thought that was the coolest thing, and he took yeah. us on a seminary trip. So, like, I have great positive experiences of priests having these um, intimate moments, uh, moments I mean, with, you. with, with moments. us. Yeah. And they were only uh, of pure of heart. Yeah. So it's frustrating for me to have, have experienced those positive things, to see these bad apples yeah. who are just going to blow. And you yeah. nailed on the head. Even right now, if this guy, if Father Nick, I love you, but if you ask me for dinner, I don't know if I would say yeah. yes. I would, like, for, so we have a school, and, like, even when the kids, like, if a little kid comes up to hug you, I'm it's a pat on like, the back, buddy. I'm like, yeah, good to see so, and, you. And that's what, and, and not that you need to be hugging everybody, yeah. but it's it's there. This one percent is that, ruined. Does, doesn't that hurt person. you? It uh, a little it's, bit. It's very because because you cannot you you might you might have actual uh, joy 
Yeah, and being with with families, with but, families. But the fact that you gotta you gotta temper it now for fear of what might be. They always say perception is reality. Yeah, yeah ninety exactly. Reality. And that's it. Uh, perception is ninety percent of reality. Is that is that quote? And one of the things too with that whole thing is it's all about what people are seeing and how they react. So, for example, if someone says, oh, can you talk to my kid about this? I'm like, I, unless they're going to confession, no, I can't be with them. And all teachers it, are that way too now, even. All it takes for me to be removed from active ministry is a credible accusation. You know what a credible accusation is? Well, I like the definition from a Catholic priest. What is a credible accusation? Same time, same place. That's it. That's it. That's it. And if I have no other corroborating evidence that someone could step wow. up for me, that's it. So, so, uh, so let's say I served at St. Cunegunda's from 2020 to 2023, and they had a grade school. And somebody in 2040 decided to say, oh, Father Ventura did something inappropriate. It comes back on And you. they said, well, where, where was it? I was at St. Cunegunda's in 2022. Oh, well, same Father. Ti- same time, same place. Same time, same place. Uh, Father, is there anybody else who can vouch for you? And if I said no, it's con- now it can be proven wrong, but I'm already removed from active ministry. So how do you deal with uh, so many things that come out in, in, in print, be they the papers or books? There's a book by uh, a guy named Frederick Martel, mm-hmm. who is a gay writer, mm-hmm. who describes in his book uh, a gay subculture at the highest levels of the church, and mm-hmm. his problem being the hypocrisy, the fact mm-hmm. that the, these priests or these cardinals mm-hmm. denounced homosexuality, but then in private lives mm-hmm. led a double life. How yeah. do you deal with the hypocrisy? How do you, how do you deal when you, when, you, when you find out someone has led that double life? Do you question why they even bothered to become a priest to begin with? For them personally, it doesn't make me question my own... No, not, you know, no, it doesn't, I'm not saying yeah. question why you became a priest. Yeah. But, but you're it, saying, like, why? Why do you do, why did you do this in the first place? Yeah, why, why are you messing this up for me who, <laughs> who yeah. actually had the calling, yeah. the sincere calling, and wants to serve, and wants to serve the way I'm supposed to serve, the way that God intended me to serve, the way yeah. I want to serve? I almost said the F word. Why are you? <laughs> Please do. Freak. Dude, why are you fucking it up for me? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> when, I, good. Good. when I when I you're bottling that one up. When I taught high school a little bit as, as a seminarian, you know, a kid acted up, and I said, "What the hell are you doing?" I mean, that's in other words too, but it sometimes gets the attention, so it's okay to say the F word. I'm going to try to avoid it as a yeah, priest that's okay. On, no, no, that's all right. no, maybe no. off off the air, I might. <laughs> Anyways, we ain't no Saint Gabriel's yeah. radio. No, but then no. you're going you're gonna to confess it a week later in confession, yeah. and everyone's going to Me, I have to live with it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can fix that too, but it's well, that's another conversation, another time. But at the end of the day, you know, Jesus chose Judas too knowing full well what he would do. And so, like... Right. And Judas had an authentic calling. Yeah. Jesus really did call him. Now, it gets into this interesting thing about God's providence and free will. How does that all work? Well, it's kind of like the relationship between a three-dimensional person and a two-dimensional being. You can't... It's to make that leap is kind of difficult, so we just kind of make analogies. But Judas was called too, but he didn't live up to the call. He answered, but then fell. So, yeah, you know, 
on one end, I'm like, why, well, why did you do this? And then on the other side, it's like, well, maybe at the beginning they did have an authentic calling. But I don't know. I don't know their heart. Um, and I think this is what causes scandal mm-hmm. the most is the church's position on redemption. is saying, even these people who committed these sins have a chance at repentance and redemption too. If you're going by the letter of the, for of lack Catholic of a better law. law, the letter of the Catholic law, they have yeah. a chance. It's, 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 it says right here, yeah. everybody gets a shot at it. Yeah, I right. mean, and like, now, maybe on this life, you spend the rest of your life in a penitential, like, life, you know, living in sackcloth and ashes. But if, if a sinner, tr- so for example, one of the examples I use in a high school class whenever I teach it, if Hitler repented at the very last second and asked for the mercy of God, the mercy of God would have been given to him. Now, am I saying that's what happened? But that's, that's how God's mercy works. I'm not the arbiter of God's mercy. Right. God chooses that. what he wants to do. So I think that's what a lot of problem is, too, is that sometimes these guys, they get caught, and they're guilty. And then in the effort to, to recognize that repentance, they, the people who are trying to uphold the law mess up and realize, no, we still need to uphold justice need to punish these people. But then they try to say, oh, no, they repented, and it gets... Well, there's the, that there, are, there, there might be the letter of the religious law, yeah. but there's also the letter of the... Civil law. Of the civil law Yeah, and well. they need to turn it in. And I mean, that's the problem in West Virginia right yeah. now. They're suing the diocese oh. in West Virginia. Yep. You know, you know what that's about, yep. because they claim that they knowingly, the knowingly em, em, employed uh, priests that were pedophiles. Yep. And, and oh, I, I feel for you. Yeah, I, the thing is... I mean, I, I mean, want, I want, and 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 as as I, as I read, I go, I I I want them to come to to civil justice because yeah. I I think when you rob a child or a young adult of anybody of that, of that, that innocence of that innocence, yeah, that is that is, it's the worst crime. I mean, it's a I, horrible crime, <laughs> Father. You're you're hitting on a point which I struggle with a lot, and I just try to, I don't bottle up. I'm just like, listen, Lord. You, vengeance is yours. I can't do anything about it. I, I, I told you that I, I wasn't going to uh, uh, berate or attack. I, yeah. I was more concerned um, because you, you, were, you were brought to us by a, a dear friend of us mm-hmm. in, in the podcasting world, Lee. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I texted you as well. I said, mm. uh, I, 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 I'm more interested on how you feel about it mm. Happy, like I said, if you work for McDonald's and their yeah. meat is tainted, and you still you don't, it's got to be hard to work for McDonald's at that point. Yeah, you're in the Catholic Church, you're a priest, and all this is going around you at a heightened awareness. Yeah, uh, more so than it's ever, than ever been. been. Yeah. yeah, and 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 should be. Yeah, because even at that one percent. Yeah, even at that one percent, just because it's one percent doesn't mean it's any any, any, less. any less evil. Yeah, uh, and I was I was concerned like how. And I come back to the word I yeah. started with. How do you hold on to your faith through all this? Not only in what you do and how you do it, but faith in the fact that that somehow all the right things will be done correctly. And can it be fixed? Well, um, I don't think it can be fixed completely. For... So, I mean, not to go to Scripture or... You could go to Scripture. So, Christ says for, for men, for human beings, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. 
And so what I've, what I've been taught about faith, what the church teaches about faith, and what I hold to is that faith is a gift. There's nothing I can do to earn my faith. It is a gift from God. It is something that is given to me that I accept and respond to. So when I encounter these readings or the, these things in the news, these, you know, and I start questioning, okay, what the hell is going on here? Why, why is this happening? I take it to prayer, and the overwhelming response I get from God is saying, trust me, my grace is sufficient. I have a hard question for you. I have a very hard question for right. you because you you brought it up. I know yeah. you like like you haven't given me some already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, but you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a note that you know the biggest question I get mm-hmm. is if what if somebody confesses a murder? What mm-hmm. do you say? And you, and you told us what you mm-hmm. think. You, if, what if you have another priest that mm-hmm. comes to, comes to you in confession and confesses something of this nature? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um. I said it was a tough question. It is a tough question. Honest, it's, and it's a very good question because I don't know people are interested in it. The first thing that I do is turn to God because, again, this isn't, this isn't my power. I understand. That's yeah. the guy you're working for. Yeah, and so that's the first thing I would do. The second thing is saying, okay, you recognize this is evil. What do you think should be the next step after doing this? You know, in my position as a priest, in that, in that moment as a confessor, I don't have that authority. And this is, I know this is I, where the world struggles. I know, and this, and this is yeah. where, like, this is where, because there's people who are going to mm-hmm. say, you should turn that son of a bitch in. Yeah, right. And, and I understand, like, I sympathize with that sentiment. Like, there is that part of me that says yes. But then I look at it, too, as why am I there in that moment, am I? Who am I in that moment? Am I Nick Ventura or am I Jesus Christ? And if I believe that in that moment I'm acting in the person of Jesus Christ, and I believe that Jesus Christ has all the power in the universe and everything beyond that, mm-hmm. it's just saying, "All right, Lord, you know what to do here. Use me as you will to find the right answers. Find the right answers yeah, yeah. and go from there. And now, the thing is, people who don't have faith will hear that and go, oh, that son of a bitch priest doesn't know what he's talking about. Right, he's, right, he's, right, he's, he's right. perpetuating he's, this he's crap. It. He's part of the problem. And, and the thing is, I, I have no response for that. I can't... This is where faith and reason have a disconnect. They're, they're complementary, but it's where I don't mm-hmm. have an answer that'll make sense to anybody who doesn't have faith. I... I... I would not want to be in your in in your position. God love you. Yeah. I, I, you know, someone I, has to. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be. Um, but in closing on this particular section, yeah. let me just say that uh, that that's. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, how long have you been a priest now? Uh, Look at the <laughs> four years. Four years. May. All right. Four years this May. Yeah. Yeah. You're a hell of a priest. Uh, no, wise. come on. Wise. Yeah, right. You know uh, what? <laughs> That's it's because the, I have a lot of help. Yeah, I got a lot of help, but but uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I I I think I think I, I think the Catholic that, Church as as and I hear this from from my Catholic friends that you guys are very spread thin right now. Mm-hmm. You know, covering a lot of bases. I know yeah. you're in Southern Ohio mm-hmm. and and Jackson. And how many parishes are you guys? There's three we, priests we covering six parishes. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's and it's a, and it's a declining like and now. If anybody's listening who's from that area, like I love it, but we acknowledge right economics aren't 
in Southern Ohio's favor. Now in Jackson, it's different. There are comp- There's actually a new cooperage in Jackson, Speyside. Um, there you go. Cooperage that's making barrels for whiskey. They make it for. Um, oh, I I knew this earlier, but mm-hmm. you know, into some whiskey right now, so I forget. <laughs> um, so you know, there's some growing there, but you know, it is a declining and spread thin area. I want to thank you sincerely oh. for being so uh, upfront, honest, and. Uh, not hedging on any of the answers. If you feel that you, if you feel like, oh, this isn't an adequate answer, mm-hmm. based, if you're if you're basing your answers on how you feel and how you mm-hmm. think, those are adequate uh, answers for me. Those are those are those, yeah. are those are authentic. I mean, answers. those are my authentic. Like, yeah. there may be some things I didn't talk about because I'm not comfortable or, or I'm not in a position to represent. That's a, that's and I respect that. Yeah, I told you when we were texting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I was going to ask some hard questions, mm. I would do my very best to be respectful. Oh, you were. Uh, uh, I uh, want, uh, and I want to uh, thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity to talk about it in a, in a relaxed atmosphere. Yeah, I think know. a lot of people bury it, yeah. like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 you yeah, know, like I, I, my, I'm not afraid. Whenever someone brings like, it's interesting because I came across, I, I came across some people who said, you know, you're going to go after him. I go, I'm not going after him. He didn't do anything. Yeah, but he's in the, he's in that world where things are being done. Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to find out how he feels and thinks about his work and what he does when all these things are being done around him and right. and, and, and you know that's to me a, a little more fascinating yeah uh, of and I and, of and an again inquiry. and I appreciate this again this opportunity so yeah and I'm going to close it on a happier note okay okay because I'm going to bookend it because okay. something Hansbury said earlier mm-hmm. you said I have a story about that mm-hmm. so uh, he mentioned Bing Crosby was the priest that would sing and dance <laughs> and you said I have a story about yeah. that so let's let's close things off with uh with was that with, Tom with, Ford was uh, that right huh? didn't he do the cat all the, the everybody happy go lucky. Catholics, I don't know. maybe. Well, I... Come on, he wouldn't he like a Catholic Irish Catholic director who? Oh, John Ford. Same thing. Tom no, Ford. John Tom, Ford. No, Tom Ford. Tom Ford. Tom Ford. Tom who the hell's Tom Ford? Uh, he makes. He's a designer. He's a fashion designer. That's why I get for hanging out with my wife me. too damn much. Like, who the hell's yeah. Tom Ford? Yeah. <laughs> he may now. Granted, Tom Ford might be able to put together a nice cleric for the father here. You know, it's when it's of, all uh, said and done. Probably too expensive for me though. Something that you know, if he ever has a you know a Catholic cleric. Corrected, but at least now you know. Now we're all on the same page. Maybe Father Nick can go on the catwalk with something designed by Tom Ford at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But you said, see, I have have a story about that. Well, I mean, it's not not that significant, but... No, uh, no, but you smiled. So is it about Tom Ford or John Ford? No, (laughs) no, about dancing. Oh, okay, all right. I used to tap dance, and I was... uh, Oh, I bet you do. (laughs) uh, I can tap dance, and um, my... uh, my dad's a musician, so you know, singing and music is in the all in the family. So, um, yeah. So when you, you are a singing dancing yeah, priest. I can. You so. are a singing dancing priest. <laughs> is it the bells of Saint Mary? Yeah, is that it? Sa- That's yeah. it. All yeah. right. So it's coming full circle. Would you say the the, 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 bell, bells, the bells, bells, plural, the bells, bells of Saint, of Saint the, the bells of Saint Mary? Give, give me some credit for I'm I'm a 35 year old man oh, who knows at you know least what? a little yeah. bit about that movie. Give me some credit. And it was John I'm, Ford who directed the Quiet Man. Which I just watched, which was so terribly slow. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? He made me watch it. A I'm a millennial. And they redid hey, all hey, the. Hey, so am I. They redid the coloring on it. It just. Thank God I had a, a Jameson Black Barrel to keep me company. <sighs> you didn't watch it with me. 
You didn't watch it. You know, I think that's the problem. You need to watch some of these movies All with right. me. Next, and get excited. Next, when next I get Patrick's excited, day. I can give you a reason to be excited because you're watching them. I will say it was cool halfway through. Th- then you see the fight scene. Yeah, the fight is one of the greatest. You don't, fight yeah, scenes. You don't, I figured I it's going to open with, yet, so I need. It's going to open the with the fight man? scene. No. no, halfway through the had a fight scene. <laughs> I was mad at you as I am at him now. John, John Ford is pro-Catholic priest. Let's just put it that Maybe way. Maybe I have it. I just don't remember it. I'm sorry. I don't know how Tom Ford is, but John Ford. <laughs> and there's Ford. a Catholic priest in the movie. There's a Protestant priest in the movie, and they're buddies a... and they're pals, and they're, and they're both uh, fans need... of John Wayne, who was a fighter who killed somebody in the ring and goes to Ireland to try to forget and put his past behind him. He Spoiler. falls in <laughs> Well, <laughs> Yeah, don't tell me everything. I need to see the movie. It's like three hours to get to that point. Oh, Done. Okay. Three, Done. Th- Three glorious. It's not three hour movie. It's a two hour movie. And it's a glorious. It's a felt glorious like three journey. Hours. Father you Nick. Did, uh, oh my! Felt like, felt like and, Good Friday and, Mass. And, it and, felt like three hours. And, 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 and you need a drink afterwards, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and one last question: When you decided sure. to pursue the priesthood and become mm-hmm. a Catholic priest, what did your mother think? Was she happy? So, actually, interesting story. I, I was a senior in high school, and I came up to her and said, "Hey, Ma, I think I want to be a priest." And mm-hmm. she said, "You know." That'd be fine, but why don't you go to college for a year? So she just, told you to kind of spread your wings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she just she to be knew, sure. and I'm glad she did because it allowed me to, you know, some other guys go right out of high school, which is fine. It's like, rough, and though, I would think. It, it is rough, but if they're well-balanced enough that they can handle it. At that time in my life, I had only experienced one type of culture, and mom... Yeah. So it's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. You're good. Yeah. You say it out loud, Johnny. Catholic Run Springer. Yeah. Run, yeah. Run, Run Springer. Yeah. So it just she wanted to make sure I and uh, actually I was talking with her the other day and I was telling her I was going on the show. So one thing you need to do for me, you Uh-oh. need to sign something for me. Since we, we, oh, oh, since we had that story about the yes. fact that your mom. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. So. I would be honored and flattered yeah. to sign so something for that's your the mother. Only, that's the only stipulation. Um, <laughs> no, no indulgences with that. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you got it, Greg. Got another, it. Another Catholic scandal <laughs> yeah, that we've forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, it. it happened about five hundred years ago. But anyways, um, so she said, "Go to college for a year." And honestly, I didn't go to college thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to go to seminary after this year." I went to college thinking, "Yeah, that's what I'm going to do." And that's what happened. So, so even when even when you're in college, it was still burning inside of you to be a priest. Even when you had the girlfriend, I mean, it was always in the back of my head, like as a possibility. But mm-hmm. I was always like, oh, well, God, you know, I'll just be a good Catholic husband. What you ask, what you're really asking me to do is just be a good Catholic. Mm-hmm. But when I gave him some room to talk, he was like, no, dummy, I'm asking to be a priest. Shut up, listen to me. You'll be happier. And uh, he was right. <laughs> and I kind of, and I, I feel bad. I kind of lied when okay. I said I'd wrap it up on a happy note. I mean, okay. uh, but I have one more question, Hansberry. What, right. what do you get? You got some place to be? No, actually, I was wondering if he was going to bring out the the whiskey he brought. <laughs> I brought. So, do we have time for that? Yeah, yeah, we have time for that. We got okay. time for that. While you're bringing out the whiskey, okay. let me ask you. Let me ask you one. Bring out the whiskey right that you brought from the whiskey trail. Oh, straight out of an hour. Uh, Two different ones. You got the Woodford oh, Reserve. Oh, engraved one. Nice. I'm curious about that one. Turn that one around. This one is from Wild Turkey. It's their oh. Prohibition style. Nice. Look at you. So nice, nice, nice. Haven't nice, opened nice. these up yet, and I figured it'd be a nice finisher. So you get to pick which one. I had one engraved at Woodford Reserve 
from our we called it to tell our Christians we said it was a priest uh, don't, open, don't open the engraved one save okay. that open up the one that's not engraved from, from wild turkey okay and I'll ask you while you're doing that I'll, I'll throw the softball question at them which is it um, do you ever think that it'll change that they'll allow Catholic priests to marry because Greek Orthodox priests if they get married before they're ordained they're good to go so I have an answer for that okay good um, so technically Roman Catholic priests can be married what? Yeah. What? That's already. Yeah. yeah, get some shot glasses out All here. Right. We'll just sip it. That is already a reality in the Roman Catholic Church. It is just, it is the practice in the Roman Catholic Church to not be married for celibacy. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with married priests, but it's just right now we don't have the infrastructure for it. Um, so, it, all right, let's say you have a Catholic priest who is okay. married, yeah. and they live according to, you know, the Catholic teaching on, you know, uh, you know, birth control and stuff like that, and, you know, no contraception, right. you know, right, natural right. family planning. Sure. Chances are they're going to have a bigger family. Probably. How are we going to support that family? I only make maybe 30000 a year. Maybe second collection basket. <laughs> mm, yeah, people already struggle enough with the first one. Um, Here's where you could be a priest. I could yeah. be for the amount of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, and then the second issue work Sundays, though. is yeah. where do I have my priorities if I'm married? It's tough. What's my first priority? Who's your first family? Yeah, that's who do I focus on? Yeah. Those are good questions, but I also think they're kind of cop out answers. They are. I mean, because I, I think I think I think if you put your mind to it, you 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 can make things work. You make them work. You can make things work. But I'm actually thankful for the celibate priesthood. Yeah. Um, at least in my per- I mean, it just it makes me more available. You know, for example, today my schedule was I had school mass. Uh, at 8.30, I had a staff meeting at 10. I had a meeting with a family with a special needs child at uh, noon. Then I had stuff at St. Gabriel Radio at 4.30. I had another meeting at 5.30. Then I had this at 8. Tell me what married man and can keep his marriage <laughs> can do that. Hey, true. But who can keep that kind of schedule? I mean, now... But that's not a daily schedule, is it? Is it? I, pretty I, much? Pretty much. Like, um... Friday through Wednesday, my day off are thir- my days off are Thursdays, yeah. uh, and that's the day I kind of now I phrase it as day away, where I can say I'm not right, right, right. I'm just right, relaxing right. right now, recuperating. But um, you, it's twenty four hour, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, on call. Well, yeah, I would imagine. And just being available, he doesn't he doesn't sleep, so yeah, you know. yeah. And so one of the most invigorating questions that I can be asked as a priest. Is father? Do you have a minute? <laughs> One of the what most and most invigorating questions. Do you have a minute? Because because could it be a minute? Could it be about the lights? Could it be about their family's death? Could it be about the fact that some big thing happened? One minute could be two hours long. Yeah. So whenever it's the most freeing moment I have as a, as a priest, because someone comes up, father, do you have a minute? I say. Yes. For you, anything, my yeah. son. What do well, you need? And I think that's a perfect way to wrap this up. I'm glad you found at least 60 minutes for us. Amen. There you go. Hey, oh, amen. Let's Shun. add an amen yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. All, of the, all the above. All right. Nice. <laughs>
And what oh, is this? Oh man, that is really tasty. I've not tasted this before. No man, that, that you tell you tell Eddie that we like that one. Okay, that's from Wild Turkey. You said? Yeah, it's wild. It's one of their. It's a pre- prohibition, prohibition yeah. flavors. Man, WB nice Saffle. It's minty. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on the end before we, uh, or did we do it already? Uh, well, I'd like to remind everybody again, uh, you know, please <laughs> share whiskey pizza with your friends. And this one is, is mother uh, uh, approved, so you can share this episode Mostly. with your mom for the most part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like us and comment and uh, engage with us on Facebook and Instagram, Whiskey Business Podcast on Instagram. Uh, our YouTube channel is uh, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis, and you have unedited versions of the podcast mm. on, oh on the YouTube yeah. channel, which yeah. is oh very advantageous <laughs> for you. I told you in the text that uh, we have a little thing called podcast remorse, remorse but, yeah. but honestly, I, I don't think that there's anything to be remorseful about in this conversation. I don't, I don't think so either. I can't think of uh, I probably nothing. Me. But I, you know, not, ha- not knowing you other than just through text messages and through our mutual friend, yeah. I, I got to say, Father. I feel like I know you better than you know me because you know, listening uh, yeah. to you growing well, up. Well, yeah, you probably can get an idea because what you see is yeah. pretty much authentic. what, what yeah, you get. Yeah, it's authentic. It's, it's, yeah. Authenticity. Okay. There's not a lot uh, holding back here on a regular basis. All right, well, hold on. Let me. Fin- let me uh, we got a, a YouTube <laughs> comment from our buddy Chip. You don't say. Yeah, Chip. <laughs> not Chuck? No, come on. He goes by Chip, even though his name is Charles. These episodes keep getting better and better, down-to-earth, relatable guests, and interview questions that are fun and interesting. The YouTube version is like a live show. Where accidents are part of the fun, yes, uh, <laughs> more so than ever. I would say today. So. Um, there's been some. Talk don't edit. He goes, never edit them. This is never actually really funny because no, no, this no, is no. going to be. Don't edit the YouTube. Uh, keep them coming. Thanks, and Chip. We're, and we're, Thanks, and buddy. We sh- and we've been to- told to go Facebook Live as well. We'll work it out. Um, in the right. last but not least, not uh, Twitter. Whiskey Biz Show. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Rate and review us. We might even read your review. Thank you much. Back to you. And now back to you. <laughs> Make sure you say it with a radio Tom. voice. Back to and you, now, Dino. Back to Dino. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Tom Ford. I did some voice training. Bells you can do of it. Saint Mary. I know. I know. I give him a lot of shit, but you have no idea, people, how much love and affection I have for that young man sitting over there. He's told to me as left. soon as he stops giving me shit, I need to worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That right. Was, that's that's one that, of those things you got to worry about. That's one of those about. things you have to worry about. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap things up. Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production produced on the audio side by the son I never wanted, Greg Hansberry. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the always exceptional John Whitney on the YouTube video side. You oh, put oh. the cat head on there. That's a continuation. That's a continuation from a little theme we started last week. Um, but uh, thank you both, gentlemen, both. The guest bottle, appropriately yep. enough, has been Heaven's Door and... God help us. I think we knocked on it pretty damn yeah, hard tonight. Yeah, yeah? We did. don't you I'd think? Say so. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I'd say so. So, uh, hopefully that counts for something. <laughs> we'll <laughs> work on you. <laughs> when it's all When you invite a done. priest on, he looks at you and goes, Yeah, I know. We got something to work on. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, the bottle, Heaven's Door, and the priest has been Father Nick Ventura. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Sincerely for being so candid. And so refreshingly honest and, and, and upfront with your thoughts and your feelings. You don't know how much uh, I appreciate that as the person interviewing you. And I think uh, you'll find it amazing how much our viewers and listeners will appreciate it as well. well. Hopefully, if you pray, please pray for me. Um, I don't do this on my own, so. Yeah. Give it a shot. 
and and we'll pray for you if you if you slip a couple in for us hey. in the process because <laughs> it's a mutual business. Here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Fair enough. Salute. Salute. Oh, yeah. All right, my friends. Until the next bottle. See ya. Mad Magazine advertising mascots, B movie posters, and cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.